This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. church online service today so glad that you could join us we're doing a I think a very important series all this month about reigniting our hope today we're going to look at some enemies to hope there are some enemies to hope and uh, if we are aware of them when we are under attack when our hope is under attack then uh, we'll know how to to handle it by the spirit of God by prayer and by the word of God Uh, you know as we start today uh, you know, all of us have dreams, all of us have uh, desires that God's given us uh, for our life, for our families, for different things uh, that, that God has spoken to us from His Word or, or by His Spirit. And you know, the enemy, our enemy, we, Paul said we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and wicked spirits in heavenly places. Our enemy wants to do his very best to destroy our hope, to weaken our hope, uh, and eventually to just get us to give up hope because we know this, that hope is the blueprint. We talked about that last week, and it's what gives direction for our faith to give substance to. And so if he can steal our dream, he can steal our hope, then our faith really will be, become inoperative. I want to share a story with you as we start our message today. And it's about uh, Mel Fisher, who, was a, who is a very successful treasure hunter. Uh, in Key West, Florida, there's a museum dedicated to the, uh, to the display of many of the items that uh, have been recovered by him uh, in the South Florida area. Uh, ropes of gold, many gold bars. Cindy and I uh, have hefted them ourselves, lifted them, felt their weight. Truly amazing and priceless treasures. And, you know, as a result of his success... Uh, Mel Fisher's become a very wealthy man. But I want to tell you a little backstory to that. Now, I kind of jumped ahead there, but let me tell you the backstory to that success. Uh, he searched for the, the first 16 years without finding a single object. Think about that 16 years. He lost a son and daughter in law to the sea, he lived in a leaky boat. Most of the time, he could not pay his crew, and he often had to dodge bill collectors. But he never lost hope. And one day, he found what he was looking for. And 30 years later, they are still finding treasure there. So today, you know, I would ask you, how close you may be, are you to finding the the treasure you've been seeking? A breakthrough in your health and a relationship and overcoming some other obstacle to God's will in your life? You know, wouldn't it be terrible if you gave up just shortly before you're about to have a breakthrough. And that's what we're talking about today. They're enemies of hope. The enemy wants to use circumstances. He wants to use accusation. He wants to use uh, our failures and different things uh, to uh, get us to a place where we give up our hope, we become hopeless, and we give up believing God and pursuing the dream He gave us. Now, there's four things that I want us to look at today that are, I believe, the, the chief obstacles or enemies to hope, if you will. And the first one is delay. You probably maybe have uh, experienced this or maybe are experiencing this, a delay in your dream, a delay in the promise that God has given from His Word or, or by His Spirit in prayer. 
And, and you know, uh, it's not an uncommon thing. Paul dealt with it as well in 1 Thessalonians 2, verse 18. Paul says, For we wanted to come to you, certainly I did, Paul, uh, again and again, but Satan blocked our way. You know, that's the thing. You know, you can have a, a dream from God. You can have direction from God. You can have a leading from God. But Satan will still try to delay you. He will try to stop you. He will try to hinder you. This word here that's translated blocked our way, it literally means to detain, to impede, or to hinder. Satan's out to stall your due season and create a weariness of mind through delay. Let me tell you and repeat this and I know you've probably heard this before through the years but it's so true that delay is not denial if we look at Abraham the father of faith God gave him a promise God gave him a hope and it was 25 years later before it came to pass and so even though there's been delay even though things uh, haven't come to pass yet that God has spoken to you then let me encourage you listen delay is not denial and even the apostle Paul had to fight the hindering work of Satan in his life and in his ministry and the pursuit of God's dream and call for his life. And so it won't be any different for you and I. There may be delay, but listen, it's not denial. And if we will not uh, allow delay to weaken our hope, we've got to be like Abraham, who, uh, who against natural human hope, and after years had gone by, he yet hoped in God, and he received the promise. So lo don't... Uh, even though Satan may be trying to stall your due seasoning, at season and create a weariness in your mind and your emotions and, and hindering you through circumstances. Listen, that doesn't mean that you have to give up your hope and your dream. Proverbs thirteen twelve says, Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. God gave you that dream. He gave you that promise because He desires for it to become a tree of life for you. He desires it to become a, a marker on your road of, and your walk of faith, a, a victory to, to which you can give a testimony to the, the faithfulness of God and to the, the power of God in your life. Hope deferred. If it's deferred, if we put it off, if we allow Satan to delay it too long, then he says it makes the heart sick. We, we, we begin to be hopeless. We lose our joy when we allow delay to hold back and weaken our hope. So we're going to look at, uh, as we end up today, about how we can deal with uh, the delays that the enemy wants to bring with us. And one way is just to strengthen our hope. Keep our focus on what God has said and remember God's faithfulness. The second thing that Satan uses and, uh, to steal our hope is deception. Deception. Looking at the circumstances rather than God's promise. Now, we've touched on this before, but I want to just reiterate it. God uh, gave Abraham a vision. We talked about that in Genesis uh, chapter 15, verse 15. And God has given you a vision as well. He's given you a promise. And he wants you to hold on to that promise. For Abraham, in Genesis 15, 15, let's read what it says here. It says, uh, it says <clears throat> he took him outside and he spoke to him a promise that he had given to him. And, this, and the promise was this, 
uh, or excuse me, 15.5. 15.5, it says, He took him outside and said, Look up at the sky and count the stars. It, if indeed you can count them. Then he said to him, So shall your offspring be. Along to bolster his hope, God gave Abraham a vision. In this case, it was a natural vision. He said, took Abram out into the night sky. And, and if you've ever been out in a desert climate in the, at night, uh, the star field is just magnificent. I mean, it just seems like there are just tens of thousands of stars visible. And he, I can just imagine him taking Abram out. And he said, you look at all those stars. And he said, this is my promise to you. And this is what I want you to build your hope on, that that." Uh, your, your offspring are going to be like the stars of the heaven. And I can just imagine as the years went by, as Abram was tempted to, to lose hope and his hope to be weakened, I can just imagine, you know, the accuser, he hasn't changed. He came to Abram in the night time and said, you know, where's the promise of God? You know, he, he promised you this. Now you're 85. Now you're 90. Now you're 95. And I can just imagine those nights when Abram was wrestling with this. He would get up from his tent and he would go outside and he would look at the stars and he would remember what God had said to him. Listen, God's vision determines direction. Vision determines direction. What has God spoken to you? Listen, get a vision of it in your, in your innermost being, in your imagination. Let God's Word, let God's promise, let God's Spirit paint a picture, a vision of the fulfilled promise that God has given you. See the blueprint of hope uh, alive. See, see the fulfillment of it. See the conclusion of it. See the joy in it when it comes to pass. Just like Abram, he looked at those stars and he was encouraged in his hope. You look to the dream, the vision that God's promise and God's Spirit has painted on your, on your heart and on your imagination and on your mind. You see the finished product there. What a wonderful thing it is. You know, if we don't do that, then we end up having what James called a double mind. And really, a double mind is a stalemate. Stalemate of the double-minded. Now, I don't know if, if you play uh, chess or not, but, you know, in chess you can, uh, you know, each one tries to ch capture the other person's uh, king. But you can get to a place to where uh, you reach a place where both of you have, have so uh, decimated the other person's pieces on the game board that you reach what you call a stalemate. That is, nobody wins. Nobody loses, but nobody wins. And I don't know about you, but I, I like to win. I, I'm not looking for a tie with my dream. I'm not looking for a tie with the devil. I'm looking to win. I'm looking to overcome by God's uh, power and by God's uh, hope. Notice in James chapter 1, Notice what he says here. He says, if any of you lack wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt because the one who doubts is like the wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all his ways. 
You know, here's the thing. If we look at our circumstances, if we listen to the whispers of the enemy, to our mind, to our thought life, telling us it's not, gonna, it's not working, it's not going to happen, the dream's not going to come to pass, your child's not going to be saved, your marriage is not going to be uh, salvaged, uh, you're never going to be healed, uh, too much time has gone by. If we start listening to that, then you know what we do? Uh, we're like a man on a journey who takes uh, one step out his door but then begins to think about the journey and how long it is, and he takes a step back. But then he, he begins to think how good it will be to get at his destination. So he, he goes out the door of his house again, but then he starts thinking about how long and how difficult it's going to be, and he takes a step back. That's a stalemate. That's a double-minded person. One day they're in, they're in faith, or they've got the hope is strong and on, but the next day they're doubting. And, and, and because of the circumstances. And you know, here's the thing. We need to focus on the promise. Because doubt, this is the third one. Doubt is the third uh, thing that will delay or will uh, or, or stop and weaken our hope and prevent the dream that God has given us, the promise that God's given us. It will prevent it from uh, coming to pass. And it is a killer. We need to focus on God's promise. You've got to be single-minded. You've got to be single-visioned. You've got to look to God's dream. Look to God's promise. Look to what God has spoken to you. Keep your eye on the prize. And do not let doubt. And doubt is the third one we want to look at. The, the third way that the enemy tries to, to steal our hope and weaken our hope and eventually kill our hope. Doubt is uncertainty of the integrity and the goodness of God. That's really what it's about. In John's Gospel, chapter 20, you know, you and I are not the first ones to have to really deal with doubt. Doubt has been around a long time. Even one of the Lord's apostles, one of the twelve, he had to uh, deal with the doubts that assailed his mind concerning the resurrection of Jesus Christ. In John's Gospel, chapter 20, we're going to look in verse 24 there. It says, uh, Now Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came, when he first appeared to them. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. And a week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them. And he said, Peace be with you. And then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand. Touch my side. Stop doubting and believe. And Thomas said, My Lord and my God. And Jesus said to him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believed. Listen. Doubt is about believing only what we can see. Only what we can see. Unless I, notice what he says here. Unless I can see, unless I can touch. You know, he said, I'm, I'm not going to believe. I, I've got to have something to register on my senses and on my reason for me to continue to hope and to have faith. But listen, don't let doubt steal your hope and ultimately steal your faith and steal God's promise and dream from your life. It's a belief in only what I can see. We only sink when we begin to doubt. Now, you remember the story of, of Peter. He said, Lord, if it be you, Jesus was walking on the water, bid, bid me come to you. Jesus said, come. 
And it says that Peter got out of the boat and he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind and the waves, he began to, he began to doubt. He began to be fearful and doubt and he began to sink. Listen, we only begin to sink. We only begin to lose our hope, our vision for, for the completion of God's promise and dream for our life when we begin to doubt. Don't let doubt creep in. Don't trust and go by just your physical senses, your mental uh, uh, reasoning to determine whether or not God's promise and God's dream for your life will come to pass. I'm sure if Abraham had just looked at his body, and that's all he looked at, by the time he got to be 90 and 95, and, and, and Sarah was, got to be close to 90, I'm sure if all he looked at was his senses, I mean, he would have said, yeah, you know, we're worse off now than when God gave the promise. And sometimes it may seem like when God's given us a dream and He's given us a promise and we grabbed hold of it with, our, with, with hope and with faith, it may seem like as time goes by, it looks like to our senses, it looks like we're worse off now than we were when God gave us the promise. And it's real easy for doubt to try to creep in. Don't do that. We need to focus on God's Word. I want to read you a scripture. I could quote it, but I want to at least refer it to you to the, the Scripture verse. Hebrews 13, verse 8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Listen, we should have an unchanging hope and an unchanging God. If God has spoken, He is not a man that He should lie. If God has spoken it, then He will fulfill His Word to you. He is an unchanging God. He is an unchanging Savior. His Word will not return void. If He has promised it, He will surely bring it to pass. Let your hope be anchored in and tied to the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. His Word is infallible. His Word uh, will surely come to pass for you if you won't allow doubt to come in, doubt to come in and begin to cause you to look at your circumstances rather than looking to your God, looking to His promise, looking to His assurance, and with hope, seeing your future, seeing it before it gets here, seeing that blueprint come to pass, seeing it in your mind's eye, seeing it in your heart of hearts, seeing it with your imagination. Let hope in the unchanging God be your strength. And then, the fourth and last thing is discouragement. We're talking about enemies to hope. It is delay. It is doubt. And then finally, it is discouragement. Discouragement means to lose hope to the point of giving up. To the point of giving up. You know, you read over there in David, and we've referred to this in our series before in Psalm 42, 5. He said, why are you downcast, my soul? Hope in God. Listen, our emotions you know, are governed so much by our environment, so much by uh, our thought life. You know, we, we look at our circumstances and they, they look worse than they did when God gave us the dream, God gave us the, the, uh, the, the, the promise. We look at our circumstances and, man, we, our emotions, uh, you know, begin to get all in a turmoil. They begin to churn. Our thoughts begin to, you know, direct, uh, you know, our hope. It's just hopeless. It's not going to happen. You know, has, did God really say that? Has God really promised that? And all of that begins to happen. And so we need to understand, listen, don't let discouragement steal your hope. Now, there are three 
people I want to just mention real briefly here that had a great opportunity to give up their hope. Hope in themselves. Hope in God's call on their life. Their promise for God's life. Their dream for their life. And, and, and in different ways. The first one is personal failure. Maybe I'm talking to someone out there. And I mean, you, you failed. You've blown it. Uh, and, and you know, and uh, you just, you're ready to just throw in the towel. You know, Peter, the Apostle Peter, you know, Jesus told him, he said, Peter, you're going to deny me three times. And, of course, Peter said, not me, Lord, not me, Lord. And yet we read over there in the Gospels where Peter denied the Lord three times, even with an oath. And, and when the cock crew, uh, crowed, he, he knew, you know, oh, man, I blew it. It says he went out and he wept bitterly. And we know that, that Peter was discouraged. He was ready to throw in the towel and give up hope because... On the resurrection morning, uh, uh, he told Mary, he said, go tell the apostles and Peter. I have a feeling that Peter wasn't even with the other, uh, the other ten. I think he was so discouraged in his personal failure. He, he just gave up on himself. He, he gave up hope that, you know, that, that God could really use him, that God uh, could really work in his life. And listen, if you're out there, maybe you've blown it. Maybe you, you've missed it. Listen, I got good news for you. Listen, God is a God of a second chance. God is a God of hope. God is a God of forgiveness. And he will, just like he did Peter, he will seek you out. And he will encourage you and renew and restore your hope. So we see personal failure as, as, a, as a means of discouragement. And then long delay. We've talked about delay, but long delay. Joseph was a good example of this. He had a dream that, that he had gotten from God, you know, about his uh, brothers and his mother and his father bowing down to him. And he was going to rule over them. But yet, what happened uh, to Joseph. He was ridiculed by his brothers. He was, he was betrayed. He was uh, put in a pit. He was sold as a slave. He was, he, he, he was uh, falsely accused and put in prison. And, and years and years and years went by. And yet, Joseph did not lose his hope. He stayed. He kept his hope focused in God. I know he must have recalled that dream many times. The dream that God gave him. It was a dream from God. It would come to pass. And I want to encourage you. The dream God's given you. The promise God's given you. For your family. For your marriage. For your, for your health. Whatever it may be. Listen. God will bring it to pass. Listen. Lift up your eyes to the hope. To the God of all hope. And listen. Let it be renewed. Renew. The vision, see it again. See it again. God is able to deliver. God is able to bring to pass what He call, what He has spoken to you. He will surely do it. Look at Joseph as an example. Look at Moses as an example. That though there was delay, it was not denial. And then finally, setbacks. Boy, I tell you, yeah, I've had setbacks. I'm sure you have as well in my my walk with God and my pursuit of His purpose and calling and will for my life and for my family. I've had setbacks. I've had physical setbacks. I've had uh, financial setbacks. I've had uh, all kinds of setbacks, you know, in, in ministry and different things where I was, you know, pursuing God, and, you know, and, and, and it looked like it wasn't going to come to pass and all kinds of things happened. And I'm sure you've had setbacks in your life. And, and one of the uh, the characters from Scripture that really had a lot of setbacks was Naomi. In the book of Ruth, 
uh, Naomi was married and uh, there was a famine in Bethlehem. And Bethlehem means house of bread. So there was a famine in the house of bread. And they left and went into another land. And there, uh, her two sons uh, married two Moabite women. Uh, but in the process of time, her husband died. Then one son died. Then the second son died. And you have to understand, in that culture and in that era, I mean, she, now she was destitute. She had no husband and she had no sons. But one of her daughter-in-laws said, you know, I'm going to stay with you. And she heard that back in Bethlehem that God had visited his people. And so she went back to the house of bread. And you know the story there. There, uh, uh, Ruth eventually, you know, uh, uh, became married and, and became uh, one of those in the, the messianic line, one of Jesus' forebears. God turned that situation completely around for her. And listen, I got news for you. God wants to visit you too, just like Naomi, just like House of Bread. Maybe you feel like that, like she did, that, that there's famine in your life. There's famine in areas of your life, a famine of hope that you just, you're ready to just give up on your hope. I want to encourage you today, and I'm going to pray and just a minute or two. I want to pray for you, but don't let a setback. Don't, don't let the setbacks, don't let that deter you. Don't let that uh, uh, give up on your dream and on your hope. God will visit you again just as He visited Bethlehem, and He will cause uh, the hope that He gave you to be revived, to be restored, and be renewed in your life. I want to share, before I pray, uh, uh, an encouragement for hope. Romans chapter 5, beginning in verse 1, Paul is writing, he said, Therefore, since we've been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Listen, the glory of God will be seen in your life. The glory of God will be seen in the promise and the dream He's given you. He said, we glory in the hope of of God. Not only so, but we glory in our sufferings. Wow, Paul. Why? Because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Maybe you've had a personal failure or long delay or setbacks, but he said, whatever that we are suffering, it, it can produce perseverance. You persevere in the dream and the hope that God has given you. He said, perseverance produces character. You know, God wants us to grow up. You know, one day we're going to go up. But in the meantime, He wants us to grow up. And as we go through the difficulties in life, the, the, the delays, uh, the doubts, the discouragement, the different things that are the enemies of hope, it produces perseverance. And perseverance produces character. And notice this, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our heart through the Holy Spirit given to us. Listen. Yeah, listen. Your hope, you're not going to be put to shame. The hope that God's given you, the hope, the dream He's put in your heart, listen, don't let go of it. Let God revive it. Persevere. See the hope coming alive again. See your future in the hope and in the promise of God, not in your circumstances, not in what the enemy is whispering to you, not in the delay, but in the God of your salvation, the God of all hope. I want to share some points with you real quickly, and then I'm going to pray. If your answer has been delayed, 
Go back over your ground and make sure you have not grown impatient. Impatience is one of the big things uh, when uh, our hope is delayed. Impatience will lead us to act in ways that are not usually productive for uh, uh, the dream to come to pass. Take a spiritual stand. Remember, you're wrestling against uh, spiritual principalities and powers, but you have the armor of God. If you've been a person of double-mindedness, you've been deceived because you, you look one day at the promise and the hope and the next day at your circumstances and all. Listen, I want you to focus. Focus on God. Become single-minded on the hope, the promise, the dream God's given you. If you struggle, struggled with an attitude, uh, with, with doubt, listen, remember God's goodness. Remember God's integrity. If He said it, He's certainly going to do it. And finally, if you're discouraged, strengthen your hope today by looking beyond any failures, any delays or setbacks to the faithfulness of God. Father, right now, I pray for those who are watching today. Maybe, Lord, they, they, they're, they're struggling with uh, uh, hope in an area, with the dream that you've given for their life or for their family. God, I pray today in the name of Jesus that by the power of the Holy Spirit, that, Lord, that hope will be rekindled and reignited in their heart, that the dream will come alive. Father, may they remember that promise, that dream which you've spoken to them. And Father, may that hope come alive in their hearts and in their minds again today in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Next week, we're going to be talking about the fulfillment of hope. The fulfillment of hope. So make sure you tune in next week. Just before we go, we're going to give you an opportunity to give. There on the screen, you'll see the different ways that you can give online. You can give uh, uh, using your credit card. Different ways that will be there online. I want to just share something with you of, of what your uh, your giving is being invested in. What's it accomplishing? Charlie and Kathy Milbrot our mission partners in Thailand, and they just celebrated their 200th church plant. And every church plant that they make is in uh, an area that does not have a church. Not only do they plant the church there, but they build a permanent structure for the church to meet in. And there are 43,000 who are attending these 200 churches weekly. And now you think about the repercussions of that and all that's taking place there along with their Bible training centers and their orphanages. And this is just one mission partner that you're giving is making a difference. So I want to say thank you. And I believe this with all my heart that God shall supply all of your needs according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. We'll see you here next week for the fulfillment of hope. Busy weekend coming up. I got to do. A, I'm doing a memorial service for my nephew, and then I'm doing a.
Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's Word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.